Welcome to Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. My name is Jerry Williams. And on this episode, we're going to go back about nine years or so from the archives for a chat I had with Stephen Curtis Chapman about becoming a grandfather and the challenges of celebrating Christmas. We recorded that conversation in December of 2011. And by that time, Stephen's family was kind of spread out across the globe, actually. And we talk about the, the challenges of celebrating Christmas with family spread out over the course of two continents. But before we get to that, here's this week's good news. Speaking of Christmas, talking with Stephen Curtis Chapman about Christmas, there are already some Christmas specials on the schedule. Christmas Eve, NBC will show the movie It's a Wonderful Life at 8 p.m. I don't know if that means that's the only time you're going to be able to catch that movie during the Christmas season. If it is... You want to mark that down. Also on Christmas Eve, TBS and TNT will run their annual A Christmas Story Marathon. TBS starts at Christmas Eve at 8 p.m. TNT starts at Christmas Eve at 9 p.m., alternate hours. So it's like the movie is always starting and always halfway through. You can catch it wherever you want to catch it all the way through the evening of Christmas. There will be more specials and movies added to this website and I will have a link to the website for you, christmastvschedule.com, in the show notes of this episode. Turns out that older people today are younger than they used to be. Yeah, that sounds kind of convoluted. I had to read that twice, too. Based on functional age, according to a study done in Finland, they looked at people ages 75 to 80 today against people who were 75 to 80 back in the 90s. And the 75 to 80-year-olds today outperform people who are the same age back in the 90s. And things like muscle strength, walking speed, reaction speed, verbal fluency, reasoning, and working memory. So you're not getting older, you're getting younger or something like that. I think last week on last on, on, the, on the most recent episode, I told you about this guy named Jack Griffin, whose smiling face graced a couple of different varieties of Lay's potato chips. Lay's does this thing every year, smile with Lay's, uh, with a project that works with third world countries and people who need dental work. And they pick 30 people who have had a significant impact in their community. Jack Griffin, one of them, he has a, uh, Uh, an organization called Food Finder. It's an app and a website to help people find food pantries and food banks that need help, need volunteers, need donations. Well, my wife, Terry, went out to the store after that story had aired and got a bag of chips, and one of them was the one that had Jack's face on it, which was great. So I was able to tell the story around the dinner table with my grandkids. This guy here, his smiling face, here's what he has done. Well, I actually reached out and got a hold of Jack Griffin, And we're in the process of scheduling an interview, so he will be a guest in a couple of episodes on this very podcast, Life with Jerry Williams. Okay, this one is kind of a good news. What were they thinking news? The first presidential debate is scheduled for Tuesday, the 29th of September, which is tomorrow if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, Monday, September the 28th. It will be from 9 to 10.30 p.m. And that raises two questions in my mind. The first is, 
Actually, both of them, I guess, are what were the schedulers thinking? Did they not check and see what else was going on on that night? And also, did they not realize that both President Trump and Senator Biden, who will be participating in the debate, are well into their 70s? At 9 to 10.30 p.m., by that time of day, they might not be at their sharpest. Also, that's the day that Major League Baseball's postseason begins. The American League has four games on that day, Tuesday, and you got to figure at least one of them is going to be in prime time directly up against the debates. And the National League postseason starts the following day, Wednesday the 30th. And now for the top honeybee story of the week, because I'm a beekeeper and I love the bees. There's good news on the murder hornet front with the Asian giant hornets. You remember They were spotted in the Pacific Northwest, Washington State, and Vancouver. Well, scientists say they think it's now very unlikely that they will spread across the entire United States, across the entire North American continent, mainly because the area between the Rocky Mountains and the Mississippi River gets too hot and is too dry for the Asian giant hornets to survive, let alone thrive though they could do well along the West Coast. Sorry, West Coast people. And of course, all bets are off if they hitch a ride on a truck coming out of the Pacific Northwest going to the East Coast. And that's how experts think they probably got in North America in the first place. They're not native to North America. Chances are they hitched a ride on a ship coming out of Asia, and that's how we wind up with murder hornets in North America. On this episode, another segment of From the Archives, and we are going way back to December the 2nd of 2011 when I interviewed an old friend of mine, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Now, on the occasion of this interview, Stephen was getting ready to bring his stories tour to the Atlanta area, and he had just become a grandfather, I guess within the, the a month or two before we interviewed him, he became a grandfather. And so we talk about being a grandfather. And because it was December, talk a little bit about Christmas and Christmas music and how that Christmas 2011 was going to be a little bit different for him and his family because the Chapman family was starting to get a little bit spread out. His daughter, Emily, was going to school in Ireland and she had just had her first baby making Stephen a grandfather for the very first time. His son, Caleb, was away. His son, Will, I think also was away. So they were looking for ways to make sure that the family got together as much as possible to celebrate Christmas. So here is Stephen Curtis Chapman from the archives. Hello. Hello. This is Stephen Curtis Chapman reporting for duty. Hey, Stephen, it's Jerry Williams. What's going on, Jerry Williams? I hear you're a grandpa now. You know what? You hear correctly, sir, and it is an amazing, wondrous blessing. Our little Eli- uh, Eliza, um, the, only, the only downside, if there could possibly be one, is the fact that she is in Belfast, Northern Ireland right now. But um, I am, in fact, truly a granddad. So she's born in Ireland. Does that mean... She's going to get, like, an Irish passport? Is she an Irish citizen? It sort of does, um, but only physically, geographically right now, because um, they they actually kind of thought that perhaps she would have an Irish, Northern Irish uh, 
you know, passport or uh, what is it, citizenship? That's the word. But um, actually, because they're there on student visas, Emily and her husband Tanner are there in their third year of school, and they'll finish in May and come back home. Um, and uh, but they're because they're there on a student visa, that the baby actually is not going to have a Irish uh, uh, um, citizenship. Whatever. That is, that's a word. I keep forgetting the word. She wants to say passport, but she has a passport, and it'll be a U.S. passport, and she'll be uh, coming home soon, and uh, but not soon enough. We we need them to come home like tomorrow, but I guess they want to finish their school, whatever that's all about. Yeah, I know how that is. My uh, my son and his family were stationed in Japan for a couple of years, and it was uh, that that was tough being that far away for that long. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, when they were over there in Japan, we would Skype to keep in touch and be able to check on the grandkids and see how they were growing. Have you tried that? You know what? I am. I have never really. I mean, the Skype thing, FaceTime, all that business has always kind of been more of a, you know, bother to me. I mean, I'll, I'll talk to my girls when I'm on the road, but you know, I'm gone for three or four days, and we'll, you know, we'll chat on the phone more than anything. But I'm telling you what, I have never been more thankful Skype. You know, every day now I get to see the the little one and and you know watch her and she's changed because they change overnight. You know, since I left, I was there um, about up until about a week ago. I came home with the two little girls, Stevie and Showy. We were all there. Um, we we missed her birth by about two days um, because she came early. I was uh, her due date was the fourteenth. She's a first baby. You know, we thought for sure she will you know, come a few days late, if anything. And so I waited to get the girls enough, you know, let them stay in school as long as they could. And so we were, uh, we, we got there on the 11th, on the 12th, and she was born on the 10th. And, um, but uh, it, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And so I left Mary Beth still there coming home tomorrow. And, uh, but yeah, Skype is my friend now. It's my, it's the greatest invention pretty much ever, I think. Time goes so fast. I remember when, when you had, just Emily. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Babies having babies. What's up with that? Oh, man. A baby having a baby. But oh, it's, know. Uh, you know, such a gift for us as a family, too. Um, you know, and so many, again, I mean, I always will probably always mention, you know, that there's that, you know, sort of life redefining moment for us three and a half years ago losing Maria. And, you know, this, this gift of this new life, this highly uh, wonder that she is. Such a, a blessing on so many levels for us. You know, it's just such a great sign of God's faithfulness and, and God's goodness. You know, to give us new life to celebrate, and um, and you know, I think it's just even more significant for us. You know, certainly becoming a granddad and all the new wonder that that is for me. But really, for us as a family, this is going to be an amazing Christmas. Just celebrating the faithfulness of our God. You know that. That I love the way Max says it. You know, he says it every night. The God who speaks, the God who spoke, still speaks. The God who came, still comes, and He's still speaking. He's still coming, and and revealing Himself and His goodness to us. And we're just a thankful, grateful bunch. You mentioned Christmas. Is there one song that signals to you, yeah, it's Christmas time? Well, I think, I mean, this is probably for many, many people the case, but. When I, in fact, Mary Beth and I, and we'll do this on Monday um, when she gets home and I get home from the tour, we'll put on Nat King Cole, um, the Christmas song, and we'll dance. Um, 
around to that, and that will be the official sort of start of Christmas for us. Um, I mean, it, it really, that song just, you know, I can't hear it. In fact, I will resist, you know, at take great lengths to make sure it doesn't get played, you know, at least that I can control until, you know, at least the day after Thanksgiving, because it's so significant. It's like, all right, Christmas season has officially begun. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a hectic one with, you know, us being in Ireland and Emily being there and me being on this tour. But we'll we'll do that. That will kind of signal the start of it. And then, um, you know, just my girls being, you know, their Christmas programs and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff going on. Um, you know, our, our traditions, we're still at that sort of place in our lives where traditions are still changing because Emily and Tanner, you know, we're spread out and we and Tanner are married now. They're in Ireland from the time being Northern Ireland, Caleb and Julia, my son Caleb and his wife, you know, will be they'll be with us some, they'll be with her family some. Um, Will's now, you know, out of the house, but we'll certainly be coming home and you know, so it it's kinda still changing, but just being together as much as we can, you know, is is what our Christmas holiday is about, like it is for so many of us. Well man, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, you too, Jerry. Good to hear you and bless you guys. Um, thanks for uh, all you're doing, and uh, we can't wait to see you. It's going to be exciting. We'll, we'll get ourselves down to where it's warm and pretty here and as quick as we can and see you all in Atlanta. Bye-bye. There is evil in the world. It, that's evident. It, it's as obvious today as it has ever been, maybe more so now than in recent memory. We see the evil. We experience it. Sometimes we bemoan it. And often we wonder how God can allow it to not only continue, but to seemingly flourish. Well, Paul wrote extensively about evil, about sin, disobedience, and the like, and he discusses it at length in his letter to the Romans, along with how to defeat it. And his methods may seem counterintuitive, at least at first. After discussing the state of the Gentiles in Israel and their times of disobedience to the commandments of God, Paul states, For God has shut up all in disobedience, so that he may show mercy to all. Now, I have to admit, the thought, wouldn't it have just been easier to not allow the disobedience in the first place? did come into my mind, if only for a moment. Well, then I read the next few verses. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. After establishing this premise, Paul pivots, as he often does, to the application of it in the lives of believers. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And then Paul goes on to give some concrete examples of what that should look like. He talks about how we are to use the gifts God has given each one of us for the building up of the body of Christ. And he gets around to evil. 
and how everything he has written up to this point informs our response to evil. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. He continues this line of reasoning into the next chapter, where he exhorts us to owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Now remember, Paul began this discussion by looking at how both Israel and the Gentiles had been guilty of disobedience to the law. And Paul wraps up this portion of the discussion with yet another reason for following God's word. Do this knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone. And the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, we only need to look around us to know that we are getting ever nearer. At times, it seems we are sprinting nearer to that hour when our salvation will be fully realized. Therefore, we ought to all the more seek to recognize, call out, and overcome the evil around us, not with more evil, but with the good that we have available through our relationship with Jesus. Again, thank you so much for listening to Life with Jerry Williams. That's going to about wrap it up for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you happen to be listening to this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. And remember, it's now available on Amazon Music. We were right up there day one that Amazon Music started doing podcasts. Uh, If your platform allows it, give the podcast a review. A five-star rating would be great. That will help other people find the podcast as well. In the show notes of this episode, I will have a link to the christmastvschedule.com website. Check that on a fairly regular basis as we get closer to Christmas. More and more TV shows and movies will be scheduled, and you can find all of them on that website. Now, coming up on the next episode, It's uh, coming up on a very special anniversary in my household, and I will share with you a conversation from a couple of years back with my father on the occasion of the publishing of his first book, Been There, Done That. That interview took place on May the 16th of 2017, and my dad passed away less than four months after that interview. And then the episode after that, I think by then we'll have Jack Griffin of Food Finder on Life with Jerry Williams 
on that episode. If you subscribe, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. The podcast episodes will just show up in your feed. One more reason to subscribe. And thank you again so much for listening to Life with Jerry Williams.